<laughs> Look who it is. Ravishing Rohit Raju, the Desi Hitman, the Mocha Skin Manimal, the future two-time X Division champion. And you are here with my homies at 8-Bit Suplex Podcast. Some one of the best around. You better be listening, Nimrods. All right, hey, thanks everybody for tuning in for a, a really cool special edition bonus episode of 8-Bit Suplex. Uh, this is the first of uh, the kind uh, that we are getting to do here. Uh, I'm, of course, joined always always by my co-host, Sandy Gaveria. Sandy, how are you? I'm good. Hi, Josh. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. About to be doing really great uh, because we're uh, sitting down now over this Zoom call uh, with the one and only... Rohit Raju. Rohit, how are you tonight? I'm fantastic. How are you guys tonight? Man, we, we are... I am doing amazing. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> to you now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Rohit, I, I'm sure you haven't listened too much to the podcast. I know it's probably one of your favorites. Uh, but, you know, if you have tuned in, uh, this podcast, uh, we are huge fans of Rohit Raju. Uh, everything that you do, we're very uh, dismayed that you are not currently the X division champion, uh, but we know that you're going to get back there. So we're, we're not worried about that at all. Okay, cool. Good. We're all on the same page. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Josh, you know what we should have done for the introduction before you said his name, we should have done my regular line. So in the podcast, every episode, I am like, I've said it. I was like, I'm so thankful. I think during Thanksgiving, I was like, the thing that I'm most thankful for this 2020 is starting this podcast, watching Impact, and discovering my new favorite wrestler. So not to kiss your ass or anything, but I honestly mean it. And every time I talk about you, I'm like, that's my man, Rohit Raju. And then this whole thing happens. Yeah. I can't tell, but the, the, I'm blushing there a little bit. I appreciate oh. <laughs> that's great. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you again for being here, Rohit. Uh, it, you know, we we try to keep it kind of loose on here. Uh, a lot of times we kind of fly off the, the seat of our pants a little bit. Um, yes. And so, you know, we do have, you know, I, I'm sure we, we might pick your brain a little bit here about kind of uh, how you got started in the business, uh, you know, aspirationally where you're looking to go for and kind of some, you know, things in between. Um, but really, uh, we just, we want to hear from you and, and kind of, you know, what's going on, plans for the future, uh, you know. Uh, obviously X division champion again, but maybe, you know, something else down the line, you know, impact world championship, right. uh, you know, or, Hey, you know, we hear that the AEW yeah. uh, championship hanging around there. So maybe you want to step in there with Kenny Omega. Um, but anything, uh, and, and everything, uh, yeah, we just want to hear from you. Cool. And let's do it. I like to, uh, you know, we can start off structured and just see where it takes us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I just uh, if you want to, uh, Rahit, you know, kind of real quickly, like ha- what kind of got you into professional wrestling? What what kind of inspired you to be in this uh, industry, and where do you kind of pull your inspiration from? Well, as a kid, when my dad was flicking through channels, I came across professional wrestling, and of course, you know, I'm seeing these larger than life characters jacked out of their mind you know just super loud and each character is something different so i instantly gravitated towards that and i never stopped i had all the action figures and, and when i was a kid i used to have this big great teddy bear that i would wrestle and my mom's um recorder when she would go to school she would record stuff i would use that 
And I would record myself cutting like the promos, doing the commentary as I would wrestle this big bear. And I never stopped as I got older. I just loved professional wrestling. I used to take GI Joe guys and unscrew them in the back. And then I'd put different pieces together to look like wrestlers. So I was always involved, trying to be involved in wrestling. And then of course I used to backyard and then we found someone that was doing training. I always wanted to train, but I couldn't afford it at the time where I was working a full-time job. So I couldn't go train. And then I found a place in Flint, Michigan, which was like, well, actually it was Davidson. So it was an hour away from me, this guy by the name of Xavier Justice. And I knew Monty Brown at the time. And uh, Monty, I asked Monty, I said, hey, is this guy legit? He's like, yeah, he'll be able to tell you the basics, teach you your basics. He's really good. Uh, go check him out and learn. And then you'll, you know, you have to go further and venture out. And that's what I did. So I learned from him. I got cleared, started wrestling. Then I went down to the house of truth. I would clean up my technique there and learn more things. Just started going to seminars, just started traveling more, getting advice from my peers. Years later, I went to the border city school, the Can-Am dojo, uh, Scott Demore's place. This was before he was with impact. And I started to learn under the tutelage of Johnny divine, Johnny Bravo, Phil Atlas, of course, Scott Demore himself. So myself and like Jake something, Idris Abraham, uh, Joel Coleman, those were all Michigan guys. And we started traveling up there just to, uh, uh, I guess you could say, uh, evolve our game a little bit, which helped. And then getting to know Scott, Scott went back to Impact and he's like, yeah, I have an opportunity for you. We need um, we need somebody. And I know, you know, Idris. So we're going to see how you guys team up together. So I had a shot there. I wrestled a few matches and I did real well. I wrestled Garza Jr. It was a tag match. It was us versus Garza Jr. and Laredo Kid. And Jarrett was in charge at the time. So he liked me, but nothing ever came of it. And then they had the impact gut check, where it was called, um, at the time, it was the Global Forge thing, because Global Global Force or whatever it was, they were a, a thing before they separated. And I ended up winning that. And then I still wasn't signed. I had tapings in Ottawa. And I remember I did really well. And then I got a call in December and there Scott Demore was like, Hey, we all thought you did really well. We want to offer you a contract next time I see you. And the rest is history. So uh, that's pretty much how it started. And um, now you know, we're here now. This is where it's going. That is that's awesome. awesome. So I wanted to, I remember I was, I was reading about like your background. I kind of wanted to get more familiar with your work because I'm going to be honest with you before this podcast, not too much, uh, of watching impact wrestling so i've been catching up see what i've missed uh tons so i know prior to your uh your signing in at impact in 2017 you know you did your you you put in that work in the indie circuit for about 10 years if i'm not mistaken correct mm-hmm. how was that experience for you do you have any any crazy stories that you want to share with us you know you say you, you kind of worked your way to getting to train with scott and getting that contract but how was that experience for you working the indies? It was rough. It was bittersweet. I was doing, at the time when I started, I was still doing mixed martial arts as well. So I was really trying to see what was going to take off. And the mixed martial arts was harder because I could only go one day a week. So where I was good at what I did, everybody else was improving. Uh, you know, they were like college kids or high school kids. And I was working. So it was just like I couldn't get there enough and I would work on stuff at home, but trying to spar with people. You need to spar with people, grapple with people. And I had a couple of cage fights. I was one on one. It was fun, but it wasn't going to go anywhere. Wrestling started to go somewhere. I had I was really cutting my teeth. And I think it was like four or five years in 
I went to a Ring of Honor seminar and I was like, well, I'll see how I am. Ring of Honor is like one of the top places right now. So we'll see. And I remember I cut a promo in front of Kevin Kelly and he used my promo as an example uh, to everybody. And I was like, that's big. And then I wrestled and Delirious was in charge at the time and he loved my intensity. I had really good character work. And I remember asking him um, at the end of the seminar, I was like, hey, I know you told everybody, you know, you gave everybody kind of like a, a massive feedback. What personal feedback can you give me? And he gave it to me. And so the next time I went to the seminar, I got a match. I got booked. And then I, I kept getting booked with Ring of Honor here and there. My name got thrown around the top prospect tournament. Nothing ever happened. And then I was like, man, you know, I, I, I don't maybe nothing will happen because Impact wasn't in the cards at the time. And I was just hustling, trying to find my spot in the Indies, trying to make a name for myself. And I was always kind of low key. There was nothing really popping off. And then kind of when I went to Impact, it gave me a, a boost a little bit, but I wasn't a main player. I was still like lower level guy. So no one really cared about Rohit Raju. It wasn't until I did my stuff, my Hakeem Zayn stuff with AAW when I was doing like the hustle and the muscle and I was cutting these promos and Carm and I were running in and beating people up. That's when people started to take notice, even though that was probably like 10 years in. So it's, it's been a grind. It's been a hustle, but it's starting to pay off. And I won't lie. It feels tremendous. I love it. Absolutely love my 2020 as far as professional wrestling was really, really good. Huge year for you. And I'm so happy for you because, yeah, 10 years doing putting the work in and then finally like you're the what's it called? The fruit of your of your labor. Finally. Yeah. Oh, so exciting. Yeah, no, that's really. Yeah. And, and like Sandy said, you know, we uh, we're both longtime wrestling fans and uh, we were, you know, somewhat I wouldn't say ignorant, but we we didn't watch impact on a regular basis until, uh, you know, the, our, our good friend, uh, Jeremy Donovan kind of, uh, heads up our podcast network has a show on the network. And I was talking to him about putting more content on. He's like, well, we don't have someone covering, you know, this promotion or that promotion and we don't have someone covering impact. So I was like, Oh, well I'll do it. And then I was like, I'm going to give Sandy a, you know, a text and see what's going on here. And, and from day one, like we could tell that you were a performer that, really just loves professional wrestling and it just jumps off the screen at you. And, um, we, we noticed like uh, there's some people over the years that, you know, you can kind of tell when they're not in it, they're kind of mailing it in. Um, and since we've been, we've been watching since about Slammiversary and covering and doing the podcast, uh, I've never seen that from you where it's anything but 110%. So my question is kind of, you know, how do you, Every time the lights turn on, every time the red light comes on the camera, where do you draw that from, uh, regardless of the day you're having, to just come out and really just, especially in an empty room right now, given the 2020 pandemic, how do oh, you yeah. how do you dig deep and, and still go out there and put on these uh, excellent performances? Passion, and like you said, it's love for it. I've just always loved professional wrestling ever since I first saw it as a kid. Uh and you get to be something and someone different for like 10, 15 minutes. And for that 10, 15 minutes, all eyes are on you. And it's up to you to create this world, create this scenario, create this character that people are invested in. And it comes so easy for me and naturally because I love what I'm doing. There was a point in time in Impact where I was like, 
they're never going to do anything with me. And I was getting so frustrated. And then out of the blue, they opened up the gate and I was like, you know, is it good for me to run out of the gate? And then boom, you know, I ran out of the gate and it, and it felt great. It was just like, finally, this feels so awesome. And I just always want to improve. I always want, I almost have like this chip on my shoulder where I always have something to prove. And because I've, I felt like I've been overlooked for a long time. And I do appreciate what you said. Like, you know, you look like you always give 110%. And I do. And I feel like I do. And if I don't, I'm very upset with myself. Or if something happens that I don't like in the match, it, it, it literally will bother me until I wrestle again. Because I'm very passionate about professional wrestling and what I do, whether it's the promo, whether it's a certain look I give when I'm out in the ring. And I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't know where the inspiration comes from. It's just this drive of being successful at what I do. And um, even when I'm like lifting weights or in the gym, I'm always trying to improve myself. I'm always trying to uh, look better and, and be better and perform better. That translates into professional wrestling. It's just something I'm very passionate about, something I love. And so my focus is there. And it's almost like second nature, second nature for me to shift gears and, and give it my all. You know, I, I guess that's the best way to explain it. Hell yeah. I think that's, that pretty much nails it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And hey, yeah, I wanted to ask you, Sonia, you were talking a little bit about your character work. You have your persona. It's very old school type heel without being the stereotypical Indian. He's a bad guy just because he's foreign, right? I'm foreign yep. too. And I want to be like Ricky Steamboat baby face for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I, I admire that so much about you, too, because it's not just like, oh, just because I'm Indian, I'm a bad guy. Like, no, you you're able to kind of take in that old school character work for the heel work and your promos. And it goes a lot into what you do in the ring as well. Do you have I know you mentioned your passion being your your driven, your driving force to do this. But what kind of a uh, who do you look up to from when you were growing up, like any kind of like heel character that you loved and you're like man that's the type of heel that i want to be like uh macho man randy savage is by far my favorite professional wrestler to me uh, all the boxes get checked with him he can perform in the ring he can tell a story he can talk on the mic he acts larger than life you know his charisma is just over the top he can cut the promo and he looks like a million bucks to me that's what i want to be like professional wrestling nowadays it, it's hit this where like I always see a lot of people say, well, he's not an X division guy because I don't do flips and I don't do this and I don't do that. Well, to be honest, I don't want to do that. We'll leave that for TJ. We'll leave that for Chris Bay. We'll leave that for everybody else that's in the X division. I want to be the guy while you guys are trying to do the tower spot, the triple power bomb or something like that. I want to be the guy that ruins it or I want to be the guy that picks his spots. I want to get under your skin. And to me, you remember moments especially now with social media, you'll see like a, a gif of someone doing something really cool. But then a week later, you'll see something even better. And it's like, you almost forget what happened. It's, it still may be there. You're like, Oh yeah, I remember that. But like, it doesn't come to your mind. I'll never forget a Ric Flair promo when he was, you know, when he got, when he came back from getting fired, I'll never forget Steve Austin coming out with the beer truck. I'll never forget Austin 316. I'll never forget if you smell, I'll never forget those, you know what I mean? The Hogan right. cup in the ear or macho waving the fingers. These are things I'll never forget because they're moments and they're created. 
Uh, I love having great matches. Absolutely. I love going in there and being able to tell a story in the ring and be able to, whether it's catch as catch can or have really cool spots or sequences. I love that. I absolutely love it. What I, what I love more is on Tuesday night, if I have a promo or a match, the fans cuss me out and they can't stand me because that's the response that I am going for. And you'll remember that you'll remember the ugly shirt that I wore, you know what I mean? Or, or you'll remember the, how I reacted when I was told that I wasn't going to get a shot or get a shot. You'll remember that. That's what I want. And, uh, macho man to me was the one that fired on all cylinders. And I'm a very big fan of like guys like that, him, Austin rock, Cena, flair, dusty. Those are guys I'm big fans of because 30 years from now, we're still going to be talking about them. Whereas we probably won't be talking about, some of the cool matches that we've seen, we're going to be talking about the moments that we re- that we remember. And that's what I try to create our moments. So, you know, my style of wrestling isn't everybody's cup of tea. Well, who cares? I don't care. Your cup of tea sucks. You know what I mean? Or Oro Heat would say that, but that's just your cup of tea and subjective. I do feel like a lot of fans nowadays are very elitist. Oh, we don't like impact because it's impact, even though you've never watched it or you try to, insult it because everybody else jumps on the bandwagon of insulting it it's it's in it that comes with society today with like social media and stuff like that if it wasn't for wrestling i wouldn't even have social media just have to when i watch people complain about stuff whether it's politics or movies or some form of entertainment it's always like an elitist group and if you don't agree with this you're wrong or if you say this you're canceled or this that and the other And it's almost to the point to where it's too much. Just step back and enjoy what this person brings to the table. If they bring to what they bring to the table, they do it well. You know, there's always someone that's going to be something different. And that's what you want. I don't want every person to be the same. I don't want someone to be able to do what I can do. So therefore, my promos, my in-ring persona, I want to be able to do that better than anybody else. And that's how I stand out. And I'm hoping I give you moments to remember, like me double stomping Jordan Grace, but screaming in quality before I do it. That's a moment. <laughs> that's what I want you to remember. So, you know what I mean? Even if you right. loved it or hate it, that's what I want you to remember. And I want you to almost like, is this guy really that big of a jerk in real life? I want <laughs> you to kind of wonder that, you know, if you ever talk to me, you know, that's, not true. <clears throat> you know, let's not put that out there, but, um, yeah. Hey, like, listen, we don't, I, we don't I get want... that many downloads. So your secret is probably <laughs> safe with us. <laughs> oh, get out of here. <laughs> you gotta change that. You gotta change that. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but uh, just a quick follow-up off of that, Rahid, Ed, you mentioned Jordan Grace, uh, and I've often wondered this, and I've told this to Sandy. Uh, I don't think that I would want to be, uh, at the other end of a dark alley with Jordan Grace, uh, at the other end. Uh, I'm pretty intimidated by her. <laughs> She probably whoop you. She's tough. She's strong, <laughs> strong as an ox. So, uh, yeah, I was hoping sooner or later that we'll 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 circle back around and uh, have a thing because I think there could be a, a great story to be told there and money to yeah. be made. So hopefully that'll happen sooner or later because she has a huge fan base and I would just honestly love to crap all over them. So that'd be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that you get to end that with that part there. <laughs> of course. Now, hey, no, you mentioned, you know, people being elitist and, you know, saying, oh, you know, who's going to watch Impact? But now, you know, we see a lot of those, that fan base saying, hey, well, let's give it a second chance because of this AEW um, 
situation they have going on. I want to get your thoughts on it. So, and, and then what, what do you expect to come out of this? Because right now it's, it's a huge time in wrestling where the fans are like, we didn't know this was possible for two big companies to work together. Now you guys kind of have a rivalry and it's, it's hooking people in like the numbers on Twitch, whenever uh, impact goes on on Tuesdays, huge compared to what they were a few months ago, you know, and it's, it's such an exciting time, especially for impact. We're really excited about it, but what are your thoughts on it? What do you, what do you see happening coming out of this in the future? I thought it was one of the coolest things in professional wrestling as a kid, you always want to see a crossover. So when, Kenny shows up on our program and next thing you know, we're having a six man tag for our main event and you have their world champion versus our world champion. And boy, do they put on a show. It's fantastic. And I hope it brought more people in and I'll see a few times people will say, you know, I came to watch the AEW crossover, but I stayed for so-and-so. That's really cool. I think there's there's talent in professional wrestling, no matter where you look. There's always going to be someone that's really good and that you're probably going to like. So it doesn't matter if it's on Impact, doesn't matter if it's on Ring of Honor, WWE, AEW, doesn't matter where it is. There's going to be someone that you're going to like there. And by blocking that off, you're not giving yourself a chance. You're just hurting yourself. So I hope people got to see our our wrestlers because I really believe in our roster and I hope they took away. Um, something good from that. And I hope they're like, man, these people are really good. We should probably be tuning in more. Also, someone asked me, you know, they kind of asked me a similar question. I hope it leads to bigger things with AEW. I would love to get in the ring with like Sonny Kiss, Darby Allen. Uh, I would love to get dropped by Sting. That, that's like, you know, just be able to work with Sting. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I think that would be really cool. One of the cool things was, and I think it was such a class act move, He's one of the top guys in professional wrestling, but Kenny Omega made sure he walked around that locker room and he shook everyone's hand and introduced himself, which I thought was so cool because you'll see some guys will come in and they won't talk to anybody and they act like they're better than everybody else. Even some guys that are below you, like indie guys, will come in and won't even shake everybody's hand. It's just like, man, where's the respect at? Or maybe they just weren't taught that. I, I don't know. But I just think if I'm going into someone's home, I'm going to say hi to them. So I thought that was really cool that he did that. And as soon as he shook my hand, all I wanted to do was talk to him about video games. So we sat there for about a good 10, 15 minutes and just were shooting it. Uh, well, I won't say, sh well, I was about to say it right there, but I won't yeah, say it. Right, no, no. Okay. Hey, listen, we say whatever the fuck about, we want on this uh, podcast, all right? Well, there it is. All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> we were shooting the shit about video games, and I just thought that was really cool. And, um, you know, picking his brain. We talked about Warzone. We talked about Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, we talked about old school Tenshu and Bloodborne and uh, uh, Sekiro and stuff like that. And it was just cool picking his brain because I always knew he was a gamer. And I always, I, I never, I used to watch him when he was in Ring of Honor, of course, New Japan and DDT. So I thought it was cool to see him blow up, but I always knew he was a gamer. So if I ever met him, I said, well, I'm going to talk to him about video games. And we did. And he was really cool. And I thought that to me that I always respected his work. I always thought he was a fantastic uh, professional wrestler. And he just came across as a fantastic human being as well. And that is to me, that's just like, that's huge. Really huge. I thought it was awesome. That makes me so happy to hear because yeah, you hear horror stories, you know, you never want to hear that from one of your favorite guys. Like, Oh, he's actually a shithead who thinks he's too good to say hello to people or, you know, show some you simple. Respect. <laughs> yeah, there's a guy named. Go ahead, Reed. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, just gonna. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, 
slam anniversary. I'm sorry, I'll take it. I'll take Keep it. Going. Go ahead. I remember they told me they're like, uh, you know, you're gonna do this segment with Heath, and I was like, oh man, you know, he's coming from WWE. He's gonna be probably like, oh, I want to do anything. He was so cool and thanked me the whole weekend about that. I thought it was so awesome, and he. I was like, well, what do you want to do out there? He asked me my opinion. He was down to do whatever I wanted. He tweaked a few things. And then when we got backstage, we talked. And it was funny because he was like, I was in your position before. New guy comes in. You're the guy that has to put him over. He goes, just keep hustling. Something will change. And the next thing you knew, I was exhibition champion. But to me, that was so cool because he was so respectful. And he realized the situation that I was in. And he was down for whatever. And that, again, that puts him up here, in my opinion, because he didn't have to do that. Guys like him, Rhino, that are just so giving when it comes to professional wrestling. Uh, it's awesome. It's awesome to be because these guys are they've been there. They've been they've made the big money and stuff like that. So that's what you're trying to do. And the fact that they're so giving to you, knowing that you've been in their that they've been in your spot. That's a huge deal because I've met some real assholes. It's like, man, you are nothing and you're a jerk and you really don't have a reason to be a jerk, but you're being one. So it's like, ah, you know, but guys like that wash the taste right out of your mouth, like the bad taste right out of your mouth. So it's really cool. They're, they're great individuals in professional wrestling still. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, no, that is. No, yeah. <laughs> and, and on that point, <laughs> I just wanted to follow up with you real quick on that one. Um, because you know, we, we have an ongoing joke about this, uh, on our podcast, uh, because I, at one point I received a direct message from Tommy dreamer on Twitter. Um, and it's oh. kind of been a, it's kind of been a talking point ever since I, anytime Tommy comes up on the show, I say, you know, he did send me a direct message on Twitter once. That's kind of my gimmick for you know, one of the things that I do, right? We're best friends. You know, my, my last name is McLaughlin. His is Laughlin. I mean, there's, there's some similarities. We're both kind of pudgy. Um, but you know, so, uh, you bring up the veterans like guys like Heath and, and uh, Rhino. It, it seems like there's a really good mixture right now in Impact where you guys have uh, some, you know, the younger, you know, uh, fresher faces like yourself, uh, your Chris Bays, you know, uh, uh, that kind of guys on the roster. Um, and then you also have guys that have been around forever, like the Tommies, the, the Rhinos, the Heath. Uh, Eric Young's been there forever. Um, you know, with a mini vacation in the middle, uh, Eddie Edwards has been there forever. So, uh, can you just speak to kind of that, uh, that mixture of old, uh, old and new kind of coming together, making this whole thing work? I think that's the best formula for professional wrestling right now is old and new put together. When you have people that know how to do I guess you could say the high spots in the more current style of wrestling, but then you have the people that know when to do it. That's mm. what makes to me, that's the formula. And once you mix that, I think TJP is a guy that does, I've learned so much working with him and my confidence level has gone through the roof being able to work with him. First match I had with him, I was really sick. We were in Oklahoma and I remember I just had a really weird vibe from him, but the match was good. I watched it. I was like, it was a good match. And then I remember working with him again, and it was easier. And next thing I know, I remember I went to my hotel room, and I thought about what he told me. And the next day I came back ready to call the new match, and he was like, I like that. I like that idea. So ever since then, he takes like like it's not him dictating everything. It's us working together. 
and and he knows how to do all the cool stuff, but when to do it, and he knows also what kind of story to tell. To tell. So to me, that is that's how professional wrestling should be nowadays. You're creating your moments, like me taking off his mask at Hard to Kill, but then you have the frantic, fast-paced action that we continued in that match. So to me, those are moments, and he knows when to do it, but he also knows when to turn it up a notch. And uh, Eddie Edwards is the same way. Rich Swan is the same way. They know how to create these moments, but also have a killer match. So to me, that is what professional wrestling should strive to be. That's just my opinion. But I think when you're mixing the best of both worlds, you have a way better product. And uh, when you'd watch like the best of matches with Elgin and uh, Eddie Edwards, they were amazing. They were telling a story. They told it different every time, but they were just going balls to the wall and they were just working so hard. And, but that it was like professional wrestling to a T you know, they were giving you all the cool stuff that you want to see, but they were telling such a great story. And uh, to me, that's that's it. That's the the apex right now. And if you can recreate that or if you can create that, that is your your 10 steps ahead of the game, at least in my opinion. So so those guys that you mentioned know how to mix the best of both worlds. Awesome. You know, I think for watching Impact, you know, I th- yeah, I think you've mentioned this a couple of times, too. There, there seems to be this new energy in that locker room from these these guys that are showing respect to you, to you like the newer people coming in and building this company. There seems to be some kind of energy in there. I, I It's hard for me to to say if that's true or not, because I'm just watching from my TV. But how is that? how how is that locker room for you that feeling back there what what do you where do you see impact in in five years hopefully we'll be one of the top promotions again i think we are now but just we don't have the eyes on us i think the, the product that we put out is excellent but a lot of people just don't want to give us credit the locker room you have your vets you know that they're, they know how to get the job done, but then you have those hungry guys. We're all hungry and we want to go out there and put on the best match. So I know myself, Chris Bay and TJ at hard to kill. We knew all eyes were going to be on Kenny, you know, and that match, we wanted to steal the show. And I felt like we did now, granted that main event was wild. I still think our match was better, not taking anything away from those guys. Cause those guys are, absolutely outstanding all six of them you know what i mean moose went out there and was just insane insane <laughs> insane and i was just like wow and i remember telling him man that match was great and then he was like yeah we watched your guys' match we thought you guys were great so i was like man the main event telling us that we're great that we put on a, this match and i remember seeing all the reviews afterwards and i just felt like the story was there it began with us three and then it ended with us three and it just felt right. So we were hungry. And that's how the rest of the locker room is. I can guarantee you Josh Alexander's hungry. No matter how beat up he is, he's going out there and he's trying to put on the best match that he can. Uh, Jake, same thing. He's going to do the same thing. I'm going to do it. Uh, Rich Swan is going to do it. Uh, Chris Bay, you better believe he's going to do it. TJ is going to do it. We're all hungry. And not only do we want to make ourselves stand out, but we want to make the company stand out. And, and we're doing it you know, as one unit. So I think if we keep that energy, people will have, they won't be able to turn away from us within five years. We're going to be up at the top. And so we should be, you know, I think the product we're putting out now 
speaks volumes if people would just take the blinders off and give us a shot you know they would realize that we're putting in some good work i absolutely agree and you know what yeah. that's funny that you bring up those names josh alexander jake uh he goes by jake something right uh or cousin jake and those two guys i've been i've been putting them over in the podcast to the intensity that they bring, Josh Alexander now without Ethan Page, to me, he is going to be a breakout star as well in 2021. It's insane. Same with Jake, you know, having Cody Diener, that feud that they have going on, him being as a singles guy now, it's going to do tremendous for their career. And I cannot wait to see what they have in store for them. Yeah. And uh, they're phenomenal athletes. I don't know if you guys ever seen Jake on the Indies, but he's probably, in my eyes, he's one of the best wrestlers today, especially one of the best big men. Uh, I can't wait for Impact to let him off the chain and just let him go. He will literally turn heads. He can turn heads physically, obviously, and visually. So, but uh, he'll, he'll be great. So I, I honestly can't wait to see where he goes. I hope 2021 is his breakout year. Underneath me, of course. But yes, I hope he, <laughs> sure, hope he sure. has a great year. <laughs> Now, Josh, I think this is a good time to switch it over to video games. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you have anything yes. else you wanted to ask Rohit. No, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm hoping, uh, Rohit, that you'll come on again and we can get more into to wrestling stuff. Uh, you know, hopefully this is the first conversation of many. Um, but uh, we definitely, you, you mentioned talking uh, games with Kenny. Uh, you know, I'm a, I know TJ is a big gamer. Uh, he does some Twitch stuff. Um, and obviously he's, his previous entrance themes incorporated, uh, eight bit music and stuff like our intro does as well. Um, so, um, yeah, let's, let's switch gears a little bit here and talk video games. Um, kind of, you know, uh, what's your, uh, what's the first game you remember like playing? What, what did you fall in love with? Are you a Nintendo guy, a Sony guy? Like, you know, let's, let's get into nitty gritty a little bit here. Whoa. I think that was the first person we, the first question that we started when we started the podcast, it was like, what was the first memory of a video game? I want to hear yours. <laughs> I'm, I'm dating myself here because I was, I had the original Nintendo and in school we had these horrible computers at the time before we got better ones. And it had like face maker on it was some green screen. It was, it was terrible. But uh, <laughs> back then it was fantastic and you played the mess out of it. But, um, Original Nintendo, I was more of a Sega Genesis guy because it had blood on Mortal Kombat. Super Nintendo did not. Um, And I loved Sonic the Hedgehog. The first game that honestly blew my mind was Final Fantasy VII. It was Tekken 2 and Final Fantasy VII. I just remember for the PlayStation when Tekken 2, the intro, was so amazing to me at the time. And then when Final Fantasy VII came out, the graphics at the time, there was nothing touching it. And then the soundtrack. And then I I was so broke. We were so broke. My mom had – all she could get me was the PlayStation and Final Fantasy VII. And um, I couldn't get a memory card at the time. Obviously, you need a memory card for that game. I played that game so many times without a memory card just because I loved it that much Aww. until I finally got one. And then uh, – you know, I'd leave it on, I'd go to school and I'd leave it on and I'd come back and I'd pick up where I left <laughs> off and try to. Then I'd worry that I was going to overheat it, so I'd shut it off. I'm like, oh, I gotta see this again. That's okay. I know where everything is. I'm a good time. I'll just level up more. And then um, that was one of my top ones. And then it bleeds into, man, what did I like for PlayStation 2? 
I'm drawing a blank. There was a lot of great games for PlayStation 2. I loved Halo. I loved Halo 2. Uh, Gears of War. Love the Gears games. Um, man, PS2, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on what I liked for that. Katamari Damacy was probably one of my favorite games for PS2. I actually downloaded it on the Switch. Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2, hands down, great games. Um, Ghost of Tsushima, which I played recently, Witcher 3, Skyrim. I played so many freaking versions of Skyrim that it's insane. <laughs> I, the, the weird thing is, as much as I love that game, I never beat it because all I did was I, I would just explore everything. Right, so I never beat it. Yeah. Um, Metal Gear Solid, the original one, when you had to take the controller out and put it in Player 2 to beat Psycho Mantis, blew my freaking mind as a kid. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> Uh, what was it? Soul Calibur 2. The intro to that was amazing. Uh, of course, Mortal Kombat. Love Mortal Kombat. I was more of an MK guy than Street Fighter. Ew. What else? Man, there's so much. Grand Theft Auto 5 was one of my favorite GTAs. Uh, of course, the GTAs for PlayStation 2 were always great. But uh, yeah, I don't know. There's I can go on and on. Um, who did you normally play as when you played Mortal Kombat? Scorpion. Okay. You used to be Raiden. When I was growing up, it was always Raiden. I'd hit that backflip, uh, dive across the screen, backflip, electrocution, down up, up. You know what I mean? I'd always hit that. And sure. then it was Scorpion. When Mortal Kombat 9 came out, Scorpion was easier to play with, and I was just, just getting back into a fighting game, and I could do some really good damage with him. And there was somebody else I would use, too. I can't remember, but Scorpion was my go-to, and uh, I haven't played the new ones. I've wanted to just because they had all the cool like crossovers, like Predator, and then of course like uh, Arnold was in it. I'm a huge Arnold fan, and then uh, Leatherface, Jason, Freddy, uh, the Alien, you know the Xenomorph, and they had Rambo in it. I just man, that stuff's so <laughs> cool. Robocop. I I think that stuff's so cool, and I'm waiting on that movie trailer. Apparently, there's a movie trailer that's going to drop, so I'm waiting on oh, that. Yeah. yeah. I completely forgot that's they were all. making that movie. Yeah. And I, I, I saw – I keep finding fan-made ones, so I'm just like, God dang it. Oh. <laughs> those, those fakes are out there for sure. I, I want to back you up real quick, Reed. Oh, I did King of Hearts 1 and 2 for PlayStation 2. I hated 3. I recently played 3, but Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 for PS2 were great. And yes. 3, I would literally beat that. I, not a fan of that game. You I two do. have very similar tastes in video games. Like, I am a Nintendo dweeb, and I have, like, a war against Sony. So, like, after the PlayStation 2, I stopped oh, buying God. PlayStation. <laughs> they yeah, always talk smack with Nintendo. They were like, oh, when, okay, when the Wii came out and the motion controls, Sony was like, nobody's going to play that. Nobody's, whatever. And then they released their motion sensor thing that looked exactly like it. I was like... Why are you guys talking all this shit and then copy them? So I'm in. I'm at a war. I'm well, there's a there's war. a slight difference, Sandy, in in how uh, PlayStation was doing theirs, uh, because they had glowing bulbs at the end of their controller. Uh, so true. you know, this, I mean, <laughs> it's a big difference. I mean, uh, but no, I do want to back you up for heat real quick uh, because um, similar to you, there's actually not a game that I've played uh, and spent more time with than Final Fantasy VII. Um, I it's it's a true story. I've talked about it on this podcast before. Um, you know, just finding different ways to beat the game, uh, finding new ways to, uh, you know, finding certain play ways to level up properly, playing an entire game file just to figure out how to get the golden chocobo so you can get Knights of the Round so uh -huh. that you can, you know what I mean? Um, but so 
What? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I never played. That's okay, Sandy. Don't worry about it. Uh, don't, I, I know. know. She's, she's, she's way behind in JRPGs. It's a struggle for me weekly, Rohit, to, to talk RPGs with Sandy. Um, <laughs> it's it's all right. But yeah, so with, with Final Fantasy VII, and, and yours and I love for Final Fantasy VII, did you get a chance to play with the uh, remake that came out in 2020? I did. I thought it was good. I didn't love it, but it's so hard to recreate um the magic of the original seven but i thought it was really fun i even like 15 when 15 came out i sure. didn't think i would but i enjoyed that. uh but no seven i i really enjoyed i like how they brought a lot of crisis core into it i thought that was really cool and i also like how they added some things to the story so i thought that was neat too i'm curious to see where they're going to go with it i think that's my most exciting part of it is that we thought we knew how this game was going to go, right? We we just thought, oh, we've seen remakes before. We've seen, you know, HD remasters. We've seen, you know, the whole thing, especially since, you know, they'd already done an HD release for uh, PlayStation Network for 7, 8, and 9. So I just figured they're just going to reskin it and then just ship out the same game, same turn-based stuff. Um, but no, I, I'm with you there. I, I really liked it a lot, and uh, it leaves me wanting more. I mean, that's... I think when you're going to have a multi-part game, yeah. that's probably what you're what you know what you're shooting for is that people spend sixty dollars more than once. This is true. And uh, how many I'm times I've rebought a Nintendo game? Spent <laughs> hundreds of dollars. Yeah, well, Mario Kart in every system, and uh, it does get better and better. I won't, you know, act like it won't. It doesn't. The Mario parties are hit or miss sometimes. I really enjoyed. What was the Mario for the Switch. He had to do the whole thing with the hats. It was Odyssey? Odyssey. Yeah. Odyssey was good. So Odyssey good. was really good. Yeah. The Switch, I thought Nintendo actually, because I, I did not like, I liked the Wii when it first came out, but then I was like, man, they have a lot of BS games on here, a lot of filler. And then the Wii U, I was just like, nope, nope, can't do that. <gasps> and I thought the Switch was super amazing. I, I know, I thought the Wii U... I thought they dropped the ball with that. I, I didn't think it was a huge upgrade from the Wii, but the Switch, they, they managed to combine the Wii and the DS kind of together. And I was like, ooh, this is really cool. And I remember getting my hands on it. I was like, man, I kind of want one of these. And I liked it. I fell in love with it. It's so great. Have you ever played Zelda by any chance? The Zelda Breath game? Of the Wild? Yeah. Yeah, I like I, I played Breath of the Wild. That was really good. Uh, I enjoyed. And it's, it's such an obscure one. Was Minish Cap for the Game Boy Advance? So I really good. Liked Minish yeah, Minish Cap was really good. Um, some other Nintendo games I really enjoyed were, and I I played them. Man, what did I, I played them on the the D the, the Game Boy Advance. It was the Castlevania. So Ario Sorrow was excellent, like the Metroidvania style games. Sure. Uh, I remember playing the one on PlayStation 2, which was excellent, where you become, um, excuse me, you find out that you're Dracula at the end, which was, that was awesome. Though the part two was not that great. But, um, and then I played the one on the 3DS, but I played the Game Boy Advance one so much. And then they had on the regular DS and 3DS, they had like, um, or no, it was regular DS, it was Portrait of Ruin. Lament of Innocence, and then there was another one. I can't remember. Harmony of Dissonance, maybe? I don't know. But they were great. They were such great games. And I would 100% the map, and I would play the hell out of those games. 
So yeah, I thought the DS and the 3DS were some of the best creations Nintendo ever brought out. Those were, man, excellent. But Minish Cap was my favorite. Song. Yeah. It was such an obscure one. But Breath of the Wild was phenomenal. So good. So we actually just had an episode where we were, um, we wanted, we discussed our most, what, what's the word I'm looking for? What we're looking forward to the most in gaming in right. 2021. Because the word we're most anticipating. My mind. Yeah. But the games that Thank we're anticipating. You. English the most. is my second yeah. language. <laughs> <laughs> What games are you looking forward to the most in 2021? And also, do you have the new console, the new PS5, I'm assuming? I do not. I wanted to wait because there was nothing I really wanted to play on it. Uh, the only thing I want to play on it right now is Miles Morales. That's about it. I was waiting. I was going to get freaking uh, Cyberpunk, but it has so many oh, glitches that I so wait. Sad. I mean, the game, yeah, it's such a bummer because, like I said, I loved Witcher 3. And right. that, oh man, open world game, I'm going to get lost in this. And then I saw all the issues with it. I was like, hard pass. And then I wanted to wait to get Spider-Man, but I might just pick that up or the new Call of Duty so I can play with Jake. But I don't know. Open world games are my bread and butter. So I might just do Spider-Man and wait. I know I want to get a new Xbox because I want to play the new Halo, obviously. But uh the PlayStation 5 is what I want next. I honestly don't know what I'm excited for because it's been really, I don't know. There's, it, I honestly don't know even what's hot that's coming out right now. What's What's been announced? Is there anything that I'm missing that's like uh, May, huge? Resident Evil 8. That's like probably the no, biggest they just, one. Look, I the, the demo. Was the demo just dropped today? For uh, PS5 yeah, only. Yesterday. Yeah, PS5 mm-hmm. only gets, it gets the demo, but they just released uh, more trailers. Oh, PS5 only only gets ah, uh, that's a bomb. Yeah. I think yeah. didn't they said they were going to release some demos like later on for other consoles. I can't. Remember. Uh, probably. Uh, Sony seems to have a pretty good uh, agreement in place with a lot of the Japanese publishers to um, kind of get the uh, get the uh, early uh, early bird uh, kind of attention. Um, but yeah, I think you know it's funny because I think you could draw some parallels with the uh, video game industry and the impact of COVID nineteen. Uh, it's a similar to kind of how wrestling had to kind of start stop in a lot of ways. Um, it caused massive delays because teams couldn't mm-hmm. go in and develop games. They couldn't, you know, so I'm sure you couple that with like the case of cyberpunk where like, I think cyberpunk was originally supposed to release in like, like May, 2019 was when it was originally announced. Yeah. yeah. Like, can you imagine? It was like, <laughs> so like you're talking it's you take that and then now you have to push the crunch on the developers um and you know it, like any artistic thing i think if you put too much pressure and force too much on these people uh you're going to have problems all right there's going to be things that are buggy things are going to slip large open world games always have bugs anyways uh but just the fact that it's just it's that much it's just it's a shame yeah it is a shame because i was really looking forward to that uh yeah I'm, I'm hoping they fix it soon and uh i think yeah I, i'm really wondering if miles morales will be my next pickup and because uh, i saw like i said that kingdom hearts was on sale so i was really excited and man when i played it i was so disappointed in that it was just yeah not, not great not good at all but uh miles i heard nothing but great things about that and i love the last spider-man game I thought oh, that was that game was, oh so good absolutely so good it was 
Sandy yeah, never played and, it because it was PlayStation, but you know. <laughs> you you are missing out on a lot of stuff. <laughs> no. A lot. Of stuff. <laughs> I won't personally buy it, but if somebody wants to gift it to me, I'll play, I guess. But I won't support it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. For all you guys, oh. out there. <laughs> yeah, Listo, don't worry. You she, mentioned Call of Duty earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sandy's a Call of Duty player. We talked about it, too. You have to get it so we can play. So much fun. Which one? Call of Duty, the new Call of Duty Cold War. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right, because it's cross-play, so. Mm-hmm. So much fun. Yeah, maybe that'll be the next one. We'll see. Yes. I gotta, I gotta okay. rush up on my skills. I'm pretty horrible. I was, too, and now I'm killing it, so get ready. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> when I get cooking, I'm usually, I'm good. When I was playing with Jake, we were playing uh, for, like, almost every night, I think when COVID started, and then I got really good. I was like, man, I'm getting good at this. And then I just stopped playing. I was playing something else. I can't remember what I jumped on. But uh, yeah, I started playing something different. You know, I think I played Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order, which was really good. I and uh, from there, oh, and then I played Ghost of Tsushima as well. But uh, yeah, from there, I was, uh, I tried to get back on. I was like, man, I suck. So <laughs> I'd have to warm up in Cold War. Yeah, you, but you it's, like- doable. it's definitely doable. Thanks. As far as like online gaming goes, it's it, for me it's a hit or miss thing because you know I have a five year old and a three year old and a wife, and I don't have time to uh, get really good uh, in, in the online uh, space. Uh, like I think probably like ten years ago I gave up fighting games altogether because you know I, I'm just getting my ass kicked left and right by twelve year olds on the internet. Um, but you know, <laughs> I feel what, you, man. It's it's I, I can imagine. Uh, you know, pre-pandemic, you were doing a lot more traveling, and that probably became harder to get good at games. Have you, has your gaming increased this past year? I have, is your trying, you know, because you guys are doing tapings, and then you kind of go back and forth that way. Is that kind of led to more of that? Or have you picked up any other hobbies in addition to gaming uh, since you've kind of been doing this little bit of a different schedule? No, I I've always been a video game you know, player. I've always loved video games since I was a kid. I used to work in the video game uh, retail for like 14 years before I got signed to Impact. So I was I was management there, and uh, so it was cool because we'd go like to the we have um like what what they call them? Man, I can't really remember what we'd go like E3 and stuff like, like that. The uh, the game conferences. That's what it was. It was just for the company. And we would go and they, we'd get to play all the new games and see all the new games before anybody else because they want you to know about it. And then, you know, so you can tell customers about it and sell it. So sure, we got to see pre-orders. all that stuff. And that yeah. Conference, it was conference is what it was. Yeah, exactly. Pre-orders, all that stuff. So we got to learn all about the game. So that was really cool. So I've always been into gaming. And usually I get all my stuff done during the day. And at night, I'll sit down and play a game. And man, if it's a game I'm into, I won't. Man, sometimes I gotta, I gotta put it down because I won't go to bed till God knows what time. I'm like, oh, it's five in the morning. Well, let me go get this treasure chest. There's this side quest. Let me go do that. Oh, that looks like there's a dragon over there. I should probably go kill it. And oh, what level is it? Oh, I go level up. Then I'll go. And then it's six in the morning. So yeah, then it's it's really bad. But no, I didn't really pick up anything new, honestly. When I have a uh, half rack, which is a 
like a uh, for is weightlifting. So it's like um, it's like squat. You can do squats on it, uh, pull ups. Uh, you put a bench in there so you can bench press. So my main goal was okay. Now I don't have a gym, but I do, I do have some time on my hands. My main focus was to get in the best shape I could as soon as set, when wrestling came back. I was in really good shape. So I felt like I got into I was always in good shape, but I got in really good shape when COVID kicked in. And I've honestly just been I hit the gym every single day, eat a lot cleaner than what I used to. And that's I, I've always loved it. Like when I like when I saw wrestlers or Bruce Lee or Arnold or, you know, any action hero, they're always in such great shape. And I remember seeing, seeing that and be like, man, I want to look like that. How do I look like that? So I was always enamored with like bodybuilding and fitness. And so now when I actually had more time, I could put more dedication to it. So that I wouldn't say I picked up a new hobby, always a gamer, always into lifting. I did just put more into both. So, and I just, I just kind of went with what I knew and got better at it. Hell yeah. And you look shredded by the way. So all that work pay, paid off. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely trying. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to keep up with uh, everybody and looking better than anybody else that uh, steps in the ring. So, and that's and that's what I and that's just one of my 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 loves. I love it. I absolutely love I'm trying to stay in shape and look the part and look even better than anybody else that I'm working with. So that's a huge inspiration of mine. So I appreciate that. Hell yeah. Awesome. So uh, you know, uh, just I think I have like a couple like uh, kind of rapid fire questions as we kind of get to the, towards the back Ooh. end of this. Um, and, and, you know, feel free to, <laughs> feel free to answer, feel free to just kind of, you know, uh, abstain from, from answering. Uh, these are, these are not anything serious. They're just kind of playful kind of, uh, you know, like uh, kind of who's this favorite kind of uh, question. Um, well, okay. We'll start, we'll start there, I guess, you know, favorite vegetable to eat. <laughs> What was it? I missed the first one. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, sorry. We're, we're, we're a little muddled sometimes. Like I said, this is, we are not the Rohit Raju of podcast over here. So, uh, what is your, uh, if, if, if Rohit's sitting down, uh, to take a snack on a veggie, uh, what's your favorite vegetable to sit down with? Ooh, <sighs> that's tough. I would say I like baby carrots. Sure. I like broccoli if I'm eating it with like a steak. There were times that I wanted to just get a green like veggies in my body. So I would take a cup of spinach and I would just eat the leaves, which is kind of gross. But I would. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, he was like, well, I need a good chunk of greens today. So I would. OK, well, I'd put a cup in. I'd eat that. And then later on in the day, I'd put another cup in and I would eat that when we would travel. Sometimes I'd have a bag of spinach and I would just eat it and uh, just to get the greens in me. Um, Celery is not bad either, but uh, probably I'd say, oh, one of my favorite things is in the summertime is uh, grilled asparagus. Sure. With, uh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. But I do like broccoli with my steak though too if it's cooked right i don't like it when it's really mushy i like it more when it's cooked and still crunchy Thanks. i hear you on Any that yeah. i hear you vegetable yeah unfortunately <laughs> i was raised on broccoli with nacho cheese over the top of it and so that's why i look a little bit like tommy oh. and not like and not like you would eat so <laughs> um, I mean, it's still a vegetable at least you're getting it in your system right i'm still getting my vitamins in i said i've, I've ditched i've since ditched the cheese 
I don't melt the nacho cheese. I, you know, my mom took the approach <laughs> of, hey, whatever works. And it may have just been also because she boiled it and made it really mushy, so it tasted like ass anyways. Um, oh. But... But you know enough <laughs> enough about enough about that because that, now I'm starting to have some PTSD flashbacks to my mother's cooking. Um, but uh, next uh, next thing, uh, what is your all time favorite wrestler's intro music? Oh man, that's tough. Jeez, I would say you know when you hit the glass, that was your ass. I love Stone Cold's music. Um, I think Hollywood Rock was one of my favorites. You know, that slow, and it was go, it's cooking. And then yeah. Rock would come out in, like, the vest in the shades. Whoa, baby! You know, was, I, the Rock, I just love that stuff. Uh, I would probably, man, I don't know. Could have been I'm a Real American by Hogan. Uh, anything the Road Warriors came out to. Um, Ric Flair's theme. Sure. For the Classics. longest time, Kyle's TNA theme. I loved that for the longest time. Um, I thought Shinsuke's music was really sweet. But I don't know. I couldn't choose just one. There's too many. There's way too many. It is tough. <laughs> uh, for me, Sorry, and it's, for me, it's uh, Team Extreme. That's I. But it brings me right back to childhood. Uh, and then you just see Matt and Jeff come out. Um, but... Yeah, all the ones you mentioned are great. Uh, Sandy, I don't know if I've ever asked you that question. Do you have one that you can just rattle off? Dude, uh, Adam Cole's theme song in the indies is so good. And there's like an hour loop of it on YouTube. And I literally would just listen to it for an hour. It's the same thing for an hour. It's so freaking good. But yeah, Stone Cold was my favorite growing up. So, of course, like that to me, whenever yeah. I hear that, I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you're right. Uh, throwing clotheslines and Fez presses like that's right. You really mouth some bitch, take this. I just love man, Stone Cold boy. This is, anytime you the glass and the roar of the crowd, you're like, oh. In the words of Jr., business is about to pick up. You knew new uh, shit was about to down, so it was awesome. Especially yeah, if the Rock was on the opposite side of that ring, well, it was go time. Absolutely. That's probably, that's probably my favorite feud right there. Yes. Okay, so that takes away that question. No, I'm kidding. That wasn't one of my questions. Um, <laughs> if you could, <laughs> if you could uh, wrestle anyone, past or present, who would it be that you haven't already wrestled? Probably, yeah. I was thinking this about Macho Yeah, I was thinking about him all the time. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Macho Man's great. <laughs> great choice. Austin, The Rock, or Cena. I think would be, or even AJ Styles. I think those guys would be some guys I would love to get in the ring with. I would love to go back and forth with the rock on the mic and Austin and just tell a story with those guys. I think Savage would be a battle of like intensity, which would be really cool. And then like AJ Styles would be, it would be awesome. And like Cena, all the guys would be such learning experiences, but I, I would take your pick out of that group of professional wrestlers. I think they're just some of the best that ever laced them up. So yeah, I would love to step in the ring with those guys. That's great. And yeah, I mean, Sandy, you know, is, uh, you know, she's wrestling tomorrow here locally. So if you ever wanted to, you know, make a run in and, and challenge and lay down the, uh, feud, I'm sure Sandy would, uh, definitely accept. Drop Why I'm drop you. It'd be done. You guys have, you guys are in Florida, correct? 
Yeah. yeah, we're in the yeah we're in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, we're kind of in that hotbed of uh, of wrestling, so to speak, from the uh, from the olden days. And you know, uh, if you're from here and you're a wrestling fan, you definitely have a Terry story. Uh, you have a Randy story. Uh, I actually used to sell printer paper to Macho Man Randy Savage at an office uh, supplies uh, area. So, um, which <laughs> it, he uh, he he was from Real Street every time. Every time he would try to beat me up for a discount on a five dollar ream of paper. So God, you, can't, <laughs> you can't knock the man for trying, you know, <laughs> you can charge me this, huh? man, uh, you have to let me know the name of the promotion because wrestling right now, especially up here is very scarce. I find like there's nothing happening in Michigan. There's nothing happening in our, or in our old stomping grounds. So I finally got a chance to go down to Kentucky where they had a small crowd, which was really fun. And I know my my tag partner, Karam, he's been down back and forth to Florida. So, yeah, if you could, put me in contact. So I'll hit up that person. Okay. Hey, oh, let's yeah. make something happen. I'm just trying to work. We're actually going to Jersey next weekend. So we're literally kind of hitting up places that are not, they're usually pretty far away for us. But if we can find a spot where we can go. And I know, like he was saying, Florida, and I was telling him, dude, let me get some promotions uh, that you know of down in Florida. So please, if you could, send that my way because I would love to hit him up and try to get down that way. Absolutely. I mean, there is – it is insane here. So tomorrow there are five shows that I know of within like a 20-mile radius of of here, which is – not 20, maybe like 50 miles, but it's insane definitely got to make your way down and we love to have you so i actually have trained with jay lethal at the lethal academy and he awesome yeah he's amazing he actually had moose come and train with us one time which was fantastic and gail kim of course that's how i met her uh my very first promo i ever did was actually in front of her being recorded so that was terrifying (laughs) but she's a sweetheart um, but yeah, we definitely got to have you. We'd love to have you around. I'll definitely give you some promotions. We'd love to see you down here. Yeah, I would, I would love that. I know, like I said, Karm's down there now. He's going down. I think he's going to Eddie Kingston's promotion pretty soon as well. So, uh, I was like, dude, let's go down there and do the hustle and the muscle. And we're just trying to work. Like I said, it's so dry where we are right now because of all the restrictions. So, uh, we're definitely trying to get back in the swing of things. I know there's stuff happening in Florida. So definitely trying to come down there and put in some work. So I, I approve. That's awesome. And I, I just have one more for you, Rohit, and then we'll let you get out of here because I know we've got you for about an hour uh, or so right now. But when uh-huh. uh, when when so when Rohit Raju leaves the boots in the center of the ring, he wants his legacy to be what? One of the most entertaining wrestlers that people will ever remember. Uh, Complete package. Promo, uh, the way he looked, the way he worked, the way he carried himself, larger than life. And uh, I hope people remember that. And I hope hope people remember me a sliver of the way they remember all the greats that I mentioned, you know, earlier on this podcast. Just a sliver of that. If I could get that, that would be amazing. And I hope I can carve out a legacy in professional wrestling that people actually do remember and still talk about and give people moments that they do remember and still talk about. That's the main goal and uh, to never be forgotten. So, you know, I want to be just like the people that I think about and um, that's the path that I try and that's my way 
of professional wrestling that I try to create and establish. So hopefully it gets over enough to where it is remembered and it solidifies me as one of the best. I think, that's awesome. I think that's, Great answer. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, I think you're, you're already that in my yeah. eyes. <laughs> 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 President company with notwithstanding, I think that uh, you're definitely on your way to that. Uh, thank you again. Uh, truly, truly for being a part of this. Uh, for taking the time to sit down with us. Um, go ahead and uh, throw out uh, all your plugs. Um, make sure uh, if there's anybody that listens to this that doesn't know where to find you, they can go and find you. Well, sweet. You can find me at Hakeem Zane. That is my Twitter, Raju Zane 80. If you look up the Mad Dragon or Hakeem Zane or Rohit Raju on Facebook, you can find me there as well. Of course, I have a YouTube channel, which I don't really do much with, but I – been hearing that I should probably do something with it. So we'll see what I can get cooking. Mostly my Twitter or my Instagram is where I'm at posting, whether it's workout videos, any content that I can get for professional wrestling is what I usually do. Um, and then of course, pro wrestling T slash Rohit. I just dropped the mocha skin Mando, which is me and Mandalorian armor. And instead of baby Yoda and the baby thing, it is the X division championship. Oh, actually it's the flex division championship belt, which is probably one of my favorite shirts of all time. And then I have a Wu-Tang design as well. Almost every wrestler has a Wu-Tang design, but mine is cooler and it always <laughs> sells real well. So that's where you can find me. And of course, access TV, eight o'clock every Tuesday night, eight o'clock Eastern on impact wrestling causing a ruckus i'm going to drop tjp on his big old head in about two weeks non-title match but you know what i think i'm going to win that i'm going to make my statement then finally hopefully scott demore the king of row hate will give me a title match and then we'll just keep this going and then i will be the future two-time x division champion hell yeah my man rohit raju <laughs> awesome <laughs> well we look forward to that as well rohit of course you can follow us on 8-bit suplex uh twitter it's at 8-bit suplex uh, you can follow me at Lovelin underscore Joshua. You can follow Sandy at Sailor Zelda. Uh, you could also buy the 8-Bit Suplex official t-shirt uh, at Pro Wrestling Tees slash Social Suplex. Make sure you're checking out all the shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, keeping a strong style. Uh, all Things Elite. Uh, One Nation Radio. we got a bunch of shows. I'm drawing a blank. It's late on a Friday night. Um, but definitely, definitely, definitely go check us out. Rahit, uh, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. Awesome. No, see you later. Thank you for listening to 8 Bucks Suplex Podcast. See you next time.